This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergath. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today on these Wednesdays. Sean Bolson uh, sitting in studio. I'm glad to be here. Uh, uh, spending a lot of time in North Dakota, so don't get to see Sean quite as much as uh, in the past, but here this week. So good to see you, and uh, pretty good timing, a nice day for us today and tomorrow. Uh, Maybe a little golf being played in your future? Have you already been out at Eagle Creek? I've been out a couple times, but today we'll... uh, Be nice. We we definitely have a... Hopefully get maybe... who knows, 27, 36 in today. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. A beautiful day. And then tomorrow, yeah. uh, nice as well. So certainly looking forward to that. Yes. But uh, you had some big news, too, with uh, with your son, Cade, who plays yep. college hockey. Uh, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, he he has been at Omaha. You know, he was hurt the first year, really played two years, and has mm-hmm. two years left. And, um, you know, it, it was okay. Omaha's a great school. He, they weren't using him exactly like they had thought. You know, he's kind of a big center and, you know, what have you, and they had him on the wing. And, you know, he it was fine. They had a good team. But the transfer portal opened an option, and he looked at some stuff, and a, a coach that he's pretty connected with at Ohio State just took over the Mankato State job. So yeah. uh, he will be uh, going there immediately. And nice. he's super excited. Yeah. You know, talk to him. They're going to put him back in the middle. They like him being just kind of a big, nasty, heavy guy to play against. Yeah. You know, some – net front presence on the power play, you know, all that stuff that he is, um, that he wasn't in Omaha. He's excited. You know, he's the, the coach, um, you know, it's, it's his first head coaching job at Mankato. He takes over a good program coming from Ohio state and Caden him knew each other in juniors for years. So, uh, very excited, very excited to go somewhere where they're really excited to have you and, and want you to be who you are. So yeah. he's pretty excited about that. Home game's a little closer to travel to. Yeah, well, they play all the Minnesota schools, too. Yeah. So the Gophers, the Huskies, the Dogs, Bemidji. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fir- their first game of the year, their exhibition game is against Omaha, so that'll be kind of fun. Yeah. They played each other this year, too. So, yeah, yeah he's looking forward to it, and so am I. Yeah, that'll be terrific. Uh, have you, did you, uh, I, I know you've been getting to Florida a little bit. Do you yeah. play any golf when you're down there or just kind of relax? I haven't. I've been relaxing. Yeah. I took yeah. all my kids there, you know, last week and we yeah. relaxed by the pool, a little ocean time, a little yeah. fun time, but I'm ready for the golf to start here. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I played Little Crow, uh, once and then I played Eagle Creek twice. So yeah. l- really looking forward to today because the wind has been tough to play yeah. in. I'm not a great wind player anyway. Wind so, affects everybody. Oh, yeah. but I think yeah. it affects me more than the average guy, though. <laughs> so I'm not a great wind player. I The wind affects me so much. Ash actually clipped me by a couple shots the oh. other day. That tells you how bad I play in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. That's not normal. <laughs> uh, yeah, we like to give our friend Jeff a little grief whenever we get a chance to. No, it is tougher to play, especially in the early part of the season yeah. when you're just trying to figure out what was the swing I was using last year. Right. And then when the wind comes in, you do play uh, differently. And that, when so. it's cold. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just everything against me. Cold yeah. wind. My hands are cold. Yeah. Yeah. Not as much fun. That's for not sure. as much fun, but still good to be out there. I played a little smoking hot golf myself last week. Okay, we did catch some hot temps when we were in um, Phoenix, but you know the heat down there is not like the heat up here. So we played. It was ninety nine, a hundred degrees. Uh, the last round that we played down there, and you know playable. Just drink your water, and, and yep. it was good. We played uh, uh, the uh, golf club of Estrella. Uh, was the last round we played. Okay. And then we played, uh, on uh, Greg's recommendation, the hat I got, Wigwam Gold course, which was a lot of fun, too. And then just the, 
the local course there that that my folks live at. So nice. so you know three rounds, uh, kind of fun. Yeah, not not as much elevation change uh, in the last round as I thought there might be. Um, but you know you think about the mountains in Arizona and around in that area, they're I don't know they look more like the Black Hills to me than they do actual mountains. They're not very big. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and you know it is nice to get somewhere else because around here, yeah. like I can tell you when I play today, my second shot on number one, you know I'll probably have somewhere between. A three wood and a four iron, depending on the wind. You know, yeah. I mean, you know what you hit all the time. It's yeah. fun to get to new places. Even Little Crow, you know, I don't play it enough to know exactly where I'm going to be. And so to have to think your way around the course and hit different shots, I enjoy. So that is fun getting out just to see a different course. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And whether it's in another state or our right. own state, yep. a lot of great golf courses uh, here in our own state. So there was a list compiled of the toughest golf courses in the metro area. This according to the men's slope rating. Uh, How and, recent? Uh, what's the year on it? 22. It says okay. 2022. This was actually left in my mailbox here at work. Somebody left that for me. I nice. looked in it over. Uh, but I don't know that I agree with the one. They have Rush Rush Creek as the toughest golf course in the Metro, according to, oh, according yeah, to their slope rating, that. which is 149. Ranked ahead of... Spring Hill, have you played that? I haven't played Spring Hill, but the new Olympic Hills has to be up there because that's about as hard as it gets. Seventh. They've okay. got them seventh. And they, if you tip off Hazeltine. Hazeltine is fourth. Okay. Behind Rush Creek, Spring Hill, and Blackberry Ridge in Blackberry Sartell. Blackberry Ridge is in Sartell. I've played many times. Yeah. Uh, that's not... Uh, uh, the slope is 149, which is actually the max. They have no higher rating than 149. Wow. So I, I've played Blackberry, too, and... I think I played well there. It's, I mean, it's okay. It's yeah. not a spectacular course by any means. No, no. And uh, Rush Creek, the fairways are wide. Yeah. You know, as long as you can hit the ball in the fairway. I'm not saying these are easy courses right. by any stretch. I just find it hard that they'd be ranked ahead of Hazeltine, uh, both Rush Creek and Blackberry Ridge. Well, and, w- and Windsong, when it's tipped out, is, uh, yeah. I mean, you Willingers know. Willingers is fifth. Uh, TPC Twin Cities is sixth. Yeah, that's not a great course, but how about yeah. Windsong? Let's see. 15th, yeah, according to slope rating, yeah, 142. Some, some so. guy was looking for something to do one day, and he threw that list together. So. Well, no, this is directly off the slope that they have oh, listed gotcha. for their course. Yep, it's not opinion. It's just based off the slope. Interesting. Yeah, so I would have had, yeah, uh, Winsong 15th. I would have had that higher, too. I've yeah. never actually played that, but I've it's, heard it's, it it's pretty tough. But anyway, I thought it was interesting that it was Rush Creek. Uh, ahead of Hazeltine. Well, in our, local, our local legend, Aaron Jacobson, you know, he's the head teaching pro at Rush Creek. Yeah. Um, does a great job and, and loves it there, but yeah. I don't even think he'd probably tell you it's the toughest course in the no, state. No, it wouldn't seem like it. Right. Uh, but, you know, a, a tough course, but yep. not, not the toughest. Uh, so looking forward to getting out and playing, playing some golf here uh, this week. Uh, so, you know, I haven't talked to you since the wild season. Yeah. Came to kind of a thud yep. at the end. The last two games just weren't good uh, weren't. for the wild. What happened? Well, you know, I looked at it and, and – we really lost offensive production. I think of the second to last game, we lost 4-0. Mm. We spent a lot of time complaining about some penalty calls, which, yeah, you know what? I don't think the penalty calls went our way, yeah. but it didn't. doesn't matter when you can't score goals. Uh, you know, Gustafson I wasn't disappointed with. He was okay. Mm. Um, you know, and, and then you just look at hockey, and that's how it is. You know, you look at Ottinger, who carried them through the series. Then they get beat last night by, by Seattle, and then... Uh, you look at Boston, who set an all-time French or all-time league uh, record for wins. Yeah, gets bounced by Florida in the first round. Crazy. Who then goes in, and you think, well, second round letdown. They win in Toronto la- yeah. last night. So, um, 
we had a letdown offense. Our defense, you know, was average like it was all year. Goaltending was okay, but uh, we really just weren't able to put the puck in the net. I do think losing Erickson Eck was a really big deal. Yeah. I mean, he was a great penalty kill. He brought you that toughness on offense. He brought a lot of stability to the line. But you know what? Every team loses p- players throughout the, throughout the entire uh, uh, playoffs. Seattle's uh, lost their 40-goal score. He didn't play uh, since game four of the first series. So everybody has to overcome it. We can all make a bunch of excuses, but we, we couldn't put the puck in the net when we needed to towards the end. Depth of roster is what plays in mm-hmm. when you lose a couple of guys, which it's the end of the year. I mean, yep. it's been a long season. Everybody's dinged. Guys have been beating on each other, and then they get and you get into the playoffs, and the physicality ramps up even it further, does. probably raising the risk of injury at the same time. Eck gets a broken leg off uh, sliding down to block a slap shot. Mm-hmm. I think it was takes it in a bad spot and didn't get it on the the shin guards, unfortunately, and gets a broken leg out of the deal. Still tried to play in game three, but he was only out there just briefly, and it was too much for him. Understandably, he has a broken fibula. Yeah. You know, the one thing that you do notice in hockey, uh, all sports, you know, when you get the playoffs, you're like, okay, here we go. Now intensity's up. The, The level of intensity that ramps up in an NHL game during the playoffs is unlike any other sport I've, I've seen. You know, the, the forecheck, the physicalness, the just the, the grind that's taken, and it, it's just it's incredible. And you see them going 82 games all year long, and then you get in the playoffs, and it even goes up a higher notch. It's, uh, it's a beating on people's bodies. Yep. Depth of roster does have, uh, you know, it's very valuable when it comes yeah. to that. And when we had Kaprizov back, who, you know, obviously Kaprizov wasn't, who he was before the right. injury. Not you quite know, himself. Yeah. No, and he wasn't, and that's understandable because, you know, the guy had a really awkward injury and, and had to come back from it yeah. and did. Boldy really stepped up when Kaprizov was gone. Now at the end of the year, and especially in the playoffs, you saw him not shooting the puck as much. You know, they had to convince him to shoot the puck for a while. And yeah. then, you know, 30-goal score, that's incredible. And then the playoffs, you know, he had games where he didn't even have a shot. So, yeah. um his maturation process, you look at uh, a Kirill coming back healthy, you get Eck. I still like where our team's at, and when you look at these playoffs, you look at Boston was the best constructed team in the NHL, blew through everybody. They're ready home in the first round, too. Hockey, you got to get the right guys playing really well at the right time to yeah. advance. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and and unfortunately, another first-round playoff loss for the Wild, yeah. and Garen was asked about that yesterday, and he said, you know, most of the guys on this team haven't been here since 2015. There's a couple, probably Eck has been there uh, since that time. So he says, so we, uh, we're not going to hang that many first-down losses all on these guys. Some of them, it's the first uh, season with them. Right. Um, you know, but in the end, you know, that does fall on uh, the guys who have been there. And and I think Garen uh, is a good GM. He has been dealing with the, this dead cap issue. They felt that they needed to move on from Suter and Parisi to just kind of yeah. remake the locker room as much as anything. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's still salary cap struggles, I think, for them. That affects the depth of your roster when you, you can't spend $12 million under yeah. the salary cap, which is nowhere near uh, the NBA's salary cap. It just it just puts a little hardship on you. It does. And you see it around the, uh, the, around the league, you know, how hard it is to win in the NHL and how hard it is to win in the playoffs. Yeah. And we need to figure that out. I mean, your Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, were bounced in yeah. the first round by the Kraken, who, you know, last year had an incredible number of losses. They had a, you know, a good season this year, and, yeah. and they get bounced. So you really have to pick and choose. You know, you, you hate to say you only have a certain window, but, you know, the bottom line is 
with salary cap issues and stuff, you really need to gear up because you can't win it every year. You're not going to. One team wins it. So we just need to get to a spot with the roster we have. When our salary cap restrictions come up, I believe, next year, you can go after it and, you know, have yourself a shot. So with the Timberwolves and Wild both losing in the first round, it's 50 seasons now since Minnesota's won a single series or game uh, in the postseason, any kind of a series. 50 in a row uh, now. No, uh, 50 in a row since they last made a conference championship uh, is what it was for any of the uh, four men's pro teams in Minnesota. Well, the Twins won the series in 91. 91. Uh, 50 playoff season, series or appearances in a row. Oh, not 50 years. No, no. 50, oh, gotcha. 50 appearances. Okay. Yeah. So it goes back to... 2012, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. With the, you know, you include the Vikings, Twins, yeah. Wild, and Wolves. Wow. So... A lot of losing in the playoffs we've been yeah. experiencing. I'm kind of tired of it. We have. Yeah. Um, I like our teams, but, yes, we're not getting it done in the, uh, in the afterworld of the season. They're kind of in that mediocre purgatory. They're pretty good, not really good, and yet they don't want to get really bad. I don't know that Minnesota fans would, would like that anyway. So a lot of teams tank intentionally to try and get higher draft picks and rebuild that way. That hasn't ever been the 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 roadmap for Minnesota teams. They're always trying to be competitive, often are, uh, but there's always a flaw. They're not quite good enough to obviously advance in the playoffs since it's been 50 tries since they reached a conference championship game. Yeah, we'd have to bring back uh, Les Steckel. Yeah, uh, when right. we were three, three and thirteen with right. the Vikings, I still remember that. That was a horrible season. Yeah, and yeah. I'm glad we haven't had him since. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed not being the worst team in the league, but yes, you you're yearning for more, wanting yeah. that postseason uh, success that we have not had. Have the Vikings gotten any closer after their draft? What did you think? Uh, I I don't know what to say about yeah. their draft. I. Yeah. I it was. Uh, I didn't see Jordan Addison coming. I guess I didn't see that. I had heard it talked about that they were looking at a, a wide receiver yeah. be- because they're looking at their top two picks from last year, Scene and Booth, who neither of them played pretty much all year, right. as additional rookies this year. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I didn't see wide receiver coming. Uh, I guess I'm glad if they felt like it would have been a reach to take Will Levis that they didn't do it. Uh, because, uh, you know, you have to be bought in. The kid they took in the fifth round, he's not Cousins' replacement. Well, why did you take him then? That's my question. Uh, To develop him. It's a lottery ticket pull. Uh, Maybe they think he'll develop. Uh, They need a a development quarterback of some kind, I guess. That's what they're thinking. Why would you take him if he's not the replacement? I'm not sure. I don't have a good answer for that. That one stands out to me, and I look – there's so many offensive tackles, offensive guards, a safety, a corner. You know, there's a lot of guys that get signed after the draft that didn't get drafted that'll be on opening day rosters. Mm-hmm. So why you waste a fifth round pick on a quarterback that, um, you know, doesn't uh, appear to be the guy? No, doesn't. But, but maybe they see something in him that if they could get his peak performance, maybe they do feel he is uh, the quarterback of the a quarter- future. Uh, I mean, at best, a success for a fifth round would be yeah. a 10-year backup in the league. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, I don't know. It has happened where those guys have become starters and made good players, but it's it's not very frequently. Right. I mean, you got to go back a long ways for Tom Brady. You know, he was a sixth-round pick. That's an ancient history in the NFL. I don't think teams swing and miss on players as much now as they as they did no. back in the day because the, the way they can scout is so much more advanced. Yeah, the days. analytics they're using today, I mean, it, it's – you always have that undrafted guy that still, you know, uh, makes a huge splash. But yeah. for the most part, they have a pretty good idea what's going to work and what isn't. Yeah. Would you bring Dalvin Cook back, or do you think it's time to to trade him and free things up? He, he's a non-factor to me. I don't mind him as a running back. I yeah. mean, he's he's okay. 
Um, he's not what eleven, fourteen million. Yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah, he's no. I, he's not worth that. When I look at uh, Kansas City, you know, I've said it before. You get a seventh rounder, Pacheco, who's making the league minimum, and he. Yeah is adequate to get to where you need to be because you're not going to, you know, Derrick Henry uh, probably is the best pounded out back in the league, and, you know, they can't advance in the playoffs. It's not a run it 30 times kind of game. Um, it's a it's a throw it and have a run game to complement you with that running back, also be able to catch it out of the backfield. Yeah. So, uh, Cook, no, it's too much money for a running back in today's uh, NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, it would seem to be. They haven't let go of him yet because they suffer less of a – salary cap hit if they wait until after June 1st. Okay. So that's the date to wait, uh, see what they're going to do with Alvin Cook. I would assume they're going to try and trade him up until that point, and then he'll probably uh, get cut after that. They asked him to restructure, I guess. He declined, as uh, guys often do with the team they've spent their entire career with. Yeah. They're more willing to take less money someplace else than with the team that they've given body parts to over the course of their career, like Delvin Cook has new ACL yeah. and all that. So yeah, no, um, it'll be interesting to see where we go. Uh, some fun moves in the NFL. Obviously, seeing Rodgers uh, leave the division. Yeah, mixed that feelings was good. About it, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, I kind of am too. But yeah. he, he's really. I thought he was on the downside of his career. So yeah. seeing him um, not have success week in and week out was entertainment for me. <laughs> but right. now you know we'll just have to watch it over on the East Coast. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I think he'll have a better year. He didn't play well last year. No, he didn't. I, I think he'll play better this year. He'll have more tools around him, more weapons. Uh, you know, and, and the Jets have a much better defense than Great the Packers defense. did. So, yep. yeah, that is uh, certainly an interesting part of it. I was shocked. That's too bad. I felt bad for the Levis kid, the quarterback. They invite him to the to the draft, and Shucks Vegas had him as the second uh, favorite to, to, to go number one overall. Uh, you know, I don't think. I never really thought that was going to happen, but but uh, to see him sitting there with his family and stuff, that was kind of hard to watch. Well, yeah, I mean, he got taken what? How many picks in the f- second? Third? Uh, he second? went he went like Tennessee about six or seven picks into the second. Into day. the second round, yeah, yeah. You know, but you get that deal where there's a run of quarterbacks, and you don't have a team interested. Now, yeah, I think early on we were hearing Hooker to the Vikings at twenty three. If he yeah. stayed, you know, when did Hooker end up going? He went in the third round, third I round. think. Yeah. Right, and you know, go, leading up, it was like if he falls to us in the first. So there's so many things going on throughout that. I didn't think Levis was going to get by us. No. But obviously there was some stuff that, that came out that guys were a little bit skittish. Yep. So, yeah, as he sits there with his mom and sister, and, you know, I don't know if it was my boys were telling me that his sister – who was a, a good-looking gal on the couch, sitting, TV kept panning there, yeah. was gaining like Instagram followers like crazy, yeah. what it was. Or, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. just kind of uh, funny how that works. But, yeah. yes, yeah. he was on TV uh, as much as Ottinger's family was on TV when yeah. they were playing the Wild, talking about the Minnesota boys. So, right, right. But he didn't want to be on TV. You know, you could tell he felt bad. But, yeah, yeah that's for that'd sure. be a tough deal. Hey, uh, let's play golf sometime here soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Todd. All right, Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.